Internet Radio, broadcast direct from Straight Up Studios. I'd like to take a moment to thank a couple of our sponsors. Rose Painting and Drywall, decorating Chicagoland since 1965. And also a special thanks to Tammy's Pizza and Pasta with two great locations, one in Richmond and one in Spring Grove. Best pizza and ribs you'll ever have. Check them out at TammysPizzaPasta.com. Tammy. And now our uh, our wonderful host uh, Rick Atwater. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Chris. I I thought Rose Painting used to be 1967. Did that change? I asked him. He said 65. Okay, so, so we got be, yeah. You know, he might be extending his stay a little bit. I don't know. Two more years makes him it makes it better. Anyway, hi and welcome to Recovery Internet Radio. In uh, our show, Straight Stuff on Addictions. Um, our tag tonight is Gambling with Your Life, and our guest is John Q. Um, Thanks for joining us tonight where we are every Sunday night at 8 o'clock. Thanks to our engineer, sidekick, producer, and IT dude, <laughs> Chris A., Chris Ooh. Atwater. Um, you can uh, you can call into the show for questions, comments, or opinions at 323-792-2977 or tweet at Rick Atwater. Um, and we hope you do call in. We'd like to hear from you. Also, remember to check out recoveryinternetradio.com. I'm going to say that one more time. Recoveryinternetradio.com. For all your Recovery Internet Radio needs, links, and, and such stuff. And archive shows. Uh, that's one place you can get the archive shows. Absolutely. Okay. All of them. All of them. That's right. And there's been quite a few. So, um, uh, as I said, our guest tonight is... John Q, and our title tonight is Gambling With Your Life, and so, um, John, let me just start by asking you um, uh, a, couple of, a couple of things that, you know, maybe seems like simple things, but kind of set up the, you know, set up the information for tonight. What, what's the difference between, at least in your opinion, I don't, you don't speak for everybody or everybody in recovery, but in your opinion, wh- what's the difference between compulsive gambling and somebody who just goes and, like we were talking about before the show, does a couple scratch-offs now and then or does a little wagering? Okay. Um, well, I'd like to start out with uh, thanks for having me, Rick, and hi, uh, everybody out there. <laughs> and, uh, Bada-boom. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I think, you know, the... <laughs> All right, there you go. Very good. Um, you know, the main difference is, you know, the compulsive gambler, you wake up in the morning and you can't wait to figure out what you're going to bet on. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't wait until you're going to do it. Uh, it it kind of controls your life, and if, if you're not gambling at the time, you're thinking about when you're going to be gambling or you're thinking about what you just gambled on mm. and, and how that went and how you could do better. or uh, you know, So it, it really just becomes a, a way of thought that it's almost always consuming your mind. Do you get into like a, like a, a compulsive gambler might like have pl- like 
be planning how to, you know, buy X number of tickets or bet a certain way or have a system or that um, kind of stuff? Yeah, you, you pretty much, uh, you know, the compulsive gamblers that I've known, you know, you, you almost bet on anything. And uh, uh, I, for, I, I used to do a lot of sports gambling, and when I drove to work, I was the guy that was had the newspaper folded on top of the steering wheel, and I was reviewing the point spreads so that I, later on that evening when I called my bookie, I could figure out what I wanted to play on that night. And... Uh, I, I was once at a stoplight, and uh, I heard a cop over his megaphone uh, say, hey, you know, put down the newspaper or I'm going to pull you over. And it was like, I'm at a stoplight. You know, and I said, but that's the kind of thing, uh, you know. <laughs> you thought that. Probably yeah. probably didn't say that. Yeah. He didn't, I take it he didn't bust you. Yeah, no. But, uh, you know, how many? How would you feel if you looked over in the car next to you and you saw the guy reading the paper? You know, right. I mean, it's, and that's just something. And I did that. Just about every day, you know. I mean, it was the kind of thing that just seemed normal to me. You know, um, you know I, I remember, you know, being on vacation once, and uh, I, I slipped. Uh, I knew that I would have a few minutes, and I actually ran over to a casino that was near where we were staying. And you know, then I, my wife was like, "What took you so long?" And I didn't tell her that I mm. had ran over to a casino. I probably played for ten minutes. Mm-hmm. And then I and then I came back and I mean it's those are the kind of things that you know that you do that uh, it's just so that would be that that would be on the compulsive gambling that's on the side. Compulsive side. Now you know I've known people that can uh, they can do it successfully, uh, win or lose. They set a goal and they they do it more or less for fun because mm. and uh, you know I, I I was never one of those people you know and. Uh, I don't even think when I first started gambling that I was one of those people. You know? mm. uh, but it it definitely it crossed a line for me where it consumed me, and it and it, if I wasn't gambling, I was thinking about it, and I couldn't wait to be doing it. You know? What would somebody look like who was maybe um, in on on the on the side of dangerous, but maybe not? Maybe not over the line, or what? What would something in the middle look like? I guess is you know. Uh, I mean, I get it that when you run, you run out and gamble for ten minutes and lie to your wife. And, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's you know we're we're. You know that that could be uh, different for for everybody. You know, I mean, it really it comes down to the the person himself. Has yeah. To almost determine whether they have a problem or not. And, yeah. Uh, the the bad part of that is sometimes uh, those are the last people to to see it. And think that it's a problem. Um, uh, like anything, uh, it's consequences. If you start yeah. having consequences, and you know, some people can actually even gamble and, and be okay financially. It's not until the horrendous financial problems come up that a lot of people end up quitting. Is is finances usually what get what the consequences are? Finances are definitely one of the things that will drive people towards recovery that I've seen, um, but. There are people who go through extended periods uh, and just able to maintain. You know, mm-hmm. they're up, they're down, and it's really it just robs you of uh, of being a person. You know, you and your family and anybody that's really around you, your employer, um, because you're so consumed and fixated on that. that uh, it is. Uh, is it about the money? It's not about the money at all. <laughs> it is. <laughs> you think it is, but it, it's really about the action. 
it's really about the action. And uh, so many times, uh, you know, for my own self, whenever I would get up and those kind of things. Uh, is up the same as getting high? Uh, no, I mean up means uh, I'm on the right side of the dollar amount. Yeah, I, I, you're you're winning you're winning money. But is that is that is that getting high? That is definitely getting high. Yeah. yeah. And then you feel good, and you also start to do things that are maybe foolish, or you you start betting things. You think you're better than you are, so you start playing things that just because you want the action, and uh, you need it's not the money, it's the action. You need the action on a daily basis. And uh, when I did uh, sports gambling, that it, it was there all the time. And uh, I would. When there wasn't a significant action on, there was always Ivy League or things like that, and, and there was always something quoted, mm -hmm. and uh, and you end up playing it, and, and you were at playing things that you absolutely knew nothing about. I I don't know anything about uh, Colgate or uh, you know Harvard or those kind of schools, but I, I bet on them. Do you ever bet lacrosse? No, I never heard of lacrosse. <laughs> Have you ever heard of anybody? Yeah. I just I don't no, know why no. Ivy League and lacrosse just yeah. came to mind. I wonder if anybody ever. I did bet the uh, the U.S. Olympics, uh, the hockey. They did quote that, and uh, I that was. Uh, so in other words, if there's odds out there on somewhere on a game, on on whatever, that's that's what you mean by by quote. When you you know, because I mean, you got I'm I'm stupid about this, so you got to bear with me here. When you say action. The action is the act of making the bet with the anticipation that you're going to exactly. win. Exactly. Yeah. And then you're, it's, it's almost for me, uh, you know, the, my understanding, it's like going in the bathroom and doing a line of coke. I mean, you get that kind of feeling. Mm -hmm. And then you're excited before before the event starts. Mm -hmm. And then you, you either watch it on TV or if you're at work or a family function, you uh, would either call the uh, sports line and get the updates and... Uh, obviously, the internet has, uh, has uh, current updates and things like that as well too. So. Has the has the internet made made a difference in uh, what what you've seen in terms of of betting, in terms of the information um, that's available for betting? Or you know, I I, I have uh, not been you know so much actively uh, pursuing that kind of stuff uh, in the last years, so uh, I, I don't know for sure. I'm sure that it has. Yeah, but. Uh, so you've been out of the loop for a while. Yeah, I've been out of the loop for a while. You know. Would that be the same as saying like you've been recovering for a while? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Definitely, yeah. It's a. It's a bet. Yeah. Since this is you know, recovery internet radio, yeah. I guess we we could go there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of like an alcoholic who hasn't who's been recovering for a while. Somebody asks him a question about what's going on in the bar. You know, <laughs> eh, don't really know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. All right, so that you know, and like you said, we we were talking a little bit before the show started about how things have speeded up, and um, what what what's what has sped up or you know gotten people to their bottom faster, I guess, in some okay. ways. Well, you know, I I did have to go in uh, for therapy for my addiction to gambling, and uh, I, I did that through uh, counseling and eventually found my way into 12-step uh, recovery. And along that way, I met some people who uh, had had significant time uh, clean, mm -hmm. you know, abstinence from gambling. And, you know, those people had told me that the advent of casinos and 
you know, the the internet uh, offshore gambling is a huge uh, area, and I, I did dabble in that myself. What is that? Uh, offshore gambling is usually uh, you have an account. Uh, it's usually out in the Caribbean, and you send them money, and then they quote you any sporting events that that you want, and you you don't have to go, uh, you know, pay Guido on the corner. <laughs> you uh, you just do it through, uh, you know, the FedEx or those kind of things. And, uh, you know, and it's it's real simple uh, and uh, it's you know more reliable. Uh, there's the, they don't play around with things as much, and uh, and it's if you listen to any sports radio talk show uh, and you listen to Monday night, uh, and they'll come on with a teaser that they've got the winner of the game and those kind of things. So I, I know that it's still out there, and there's still plenty of people that are that are playing that kind of action. Um, so and, and I'm sure many of them do. Uh, you know, a lot of the sports radio hosts even talk about that they they have played on the game, and uh, you know that they're not doing that. Uh, you know, illegally, I would imagine they're doing that through uh, you know offshore betting. And, uh, and that's illegal. That is a legal way illegal, to go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's one of the things. Casino. The advent of casinos. That sped things up. Yeah. The, the casinos. Uh, yeah. Getting back to what I was talking about with the. The, the casinos and those kind of things, it, the uh, the typical gambler before had the, the racetrack. He had localized uh, card games and those kind of things. And uh, and then they had Las Vegas. You know, so they, okay. they, they really didn't have as many avenues to, to uh, you know, destroy themselves. And, and I know some people would debate that, but because uh, if there's a will, there's a way. Sure. But, uh, the, the point now is, there's just more ways. Yeah, the, the process, it, it was a little bit harder, and, and many of those guys that I've known uh, said that it, that they almost maintained a, a long period of time going through this process. Uh, you know, they would go to the track on the weekends and those kind of things, or they would be in those those localized card games or occasionally take, a, you know, the junket trips out to Vegas. And uh, they were able to, to go for an extended period of time, but once... Once the gambling uh, around them, around their home, casinos and those kind of things, and the offshore, uh, it sped the process up tenfold, and they found themselves, you know, crashing and hitting their bottom uh, much quicker than they ever had. And uh, you know, it's, you know, maybe a blessing, uh, but it's also, uh, you know, because they finally do hit their bottom. Uh, but it it can be very devastating, and a person can go from you know, not uh, you know, not really having too much problems to being in a, in a whole lot of trouble. And, uh, How about the whole uh, lottery stuff? Is that enter into you know the scratch offs and the? Well, well you know, there's there's plenty of uh, people that, that do that, and and they actually even sell uh, the they can you can sell them now and do it over the internet, I think too as well. Uh, they call it subscriptions. Mm-hmm. And uh, so yeah, there's 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 tons of that, and it, it's it just becomes a everyday mainstay uh, to where it seems normal, and a, and a lot of people can get get wrapped up in that. And if you're, uh, you know, desperate for money, or uh, you have the the dream, or you know, you always want something for nothing. Sure. Uh, when you when you're having when you're chasing that dream, and uh, and sometimes you know buying a scratch off, and you hear maybe somebody has success, so hey, why not me? Is is the something for nothing um, mentality part of the sickness? Um, 
it can be. You know, like I said, I think it varies for everybody. Uh, you know, there's, there's, for myself, sometimes it, it was, you know, it was fun just having the action. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but, you know, the, the, the pipe dream, you know, the, every gambler, I think, has a similar dream of that someday, you know, I'm going to have everything. And I'm going to have, you know, the, the riches. I'm going to have, I'm going to be a professional, uh, you know, gambler in Vegas. Uh, and, and have all that kind of luxury because mm. I'm, I'm that smart and I'm that good. Mm. And uh, you get reaffirmed on that sometimes if you if you do have some wins. And right. Then you start believing that dream, and then there's a vicious correction on there, <laughs> and and that can uh, lead you to uh, what we call uncomprehensible demoralization. Mm -hmm. And from uh, my my opinion is that that would uh, be that would be synonymous with the bottom. I take yes. it. I mean, it's, yeah. it's just feeling so desperate and, and destitute that uh, really the only way out uh, can be suicide for many people. And uh, I think that's probably why there's a so high can get, suicide rate for for people of this disease. It, for for people with gambling problems, yes. high suicide rate? Yes. And um, so it, it's, you know, it wants to kill you and it's not going to it's not gonna settle and, and until it does, it, it, once you're into the grips of it. And, but uh, you know, finding uh, that there's uh, there's another way, uh, and surrendering to it uh, before it's too late mm -hmm. you know, uh, can can save your life. A uh, couple of things. Um, some somewhere along the line here, we'll probably you know we li like we'll either I don't know check for callers if there's anything that's coming in. You let me know, and then um, we'll shoot a piece of paper around and then the studio audience if they have any questions are you know free to ask so we kind of like try to give because you know these guys are sitting here thinking well i know what you know what this guy should be asking <laughs> more often than not more often than not no i and i and i miss things sometimes because of you know i just don't i don't have all the you know i don't have all the best stuff but if anybody has any questions you know write them down um, you know, and I was going to share a, a little story with you just to get your take on it. It was, uh, I'm trying to think the year was probably, uh, I want to say in the early, early 1990s, maybe a little bit past that, right when the Elgin, uh, casino, the Elgin, Illinois casino up. just opened up and there was a, um, there was a a good sized manufacturing plant that I did some consulting work for. And what was, uh, so I was talking to the human resource gal, and she asked me one day. She said, "Can you do something on gambling?" And I went, "What do you, What do you mean by that? <laughs> can you do some? You know?" She said, "Well, you know, can you educate? Can you do some educational stuff on gambling and gambling problems?" And I said, "I I could do some research and probably do that for you. What's the deal?" And she said, "Well, um, a lot of our hourly workers are coming in, and they're asking." For their 401ks, they're and they're they're tapping their retirement accounts out, and I, I she said I couldn't figure out what was going on, why all these folks were coming in and getting their you know taking their money out because you know the company matched and they had it set aside and all this stuff was a good deal. Well, guess what? You know they were all going to the boat losing their money and then coming back to the company and hitting their retirement accounts to. Cover their cover their gambling debts. 
Yeah, yeah. that uh, that happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it really, there are no nothing that would be sacred. And uh, this disease, uh, from what I've seen of it, uh, it, it's, it can be almost invisible. And what I mean by that is, is sometimes the you know the the housewife, uh, the husband's going to work every day, and he thinks everything's fine. And uh, he's been working for 30, 35 years and thinks he's going to have a nice nest egg. And, and uh, then he find, goes to find out that every day that he's been going to work, that his, his housewife has been going to the riverboat uh, and, and getting a deep financial doo-doo. And, uh, <laughs> and he thinks everything's great and that he's about to retire and they're about to go travel Europe. And, and then... Come to find out that... Yeah. Ain't nothing there. Yeah. Something hits the fan, and and she has to explain, and and that's what I, when I alluded to about the uncomprehensible demoralization, you get to a point where you really feel that you have violated maybe somebody that's really close to you, and uh, maybe the only way out, you know, if you see that that person has worked their whole life and they were counting on it, and they thought it was there even as of yesterday, and now they have to be told that it's gone and that somebody squandered it all away. See, and I think it's hard for people to understand the the uh, the, the the sense of powerlessness that some people can reach unless you've either experienced it or you've seen it, been in a family. Oh, yeah. Is there a program for, for uh, family members for, for of, of gamblers? Um, well, yeah, they, they have gambling. And uh, Gamnon is uh, just like uh, Al-Anon, and uh, that is uh, you know, for people, that, uh, other families and other loved ones that, uh, that need help with it. And, uh, and it it's kind of follows the love with detachment, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, definitely uh, they, they set up some barriers uh, financially and, and mm-hmm. things like that. And uh, one, one thing that they always say never to do is, is to give a, a gambler a bailout. And uh, what I mean by a bailout is is go ahead and pay all their bills for them. Now everything will be good for them because uh, they're shooting angles and they're looking for ways to get that done, and they will beg, borrow, and steal. Uh, And if it's not you, they'll go on to somebody else to do it. And once they've exhausted all those uh, resources, many times is when the person finally has to get uh, and face their problem. So they they suggest, uh, but you, but you learn those kind of things there. Uh, it's very typical, especially when you love somebody, uh, to want to help them, and you think by helping them, if I just pay off their debts and those kind of things, we'll just get them even. They'll be okay. Fine. And, yeah, and they'll, the pressure will be off. They won't have stress, so they won't gamble. Exactly. And what right. happens is the insanity loop kicks in. Right. And then the person finds themselves who swore they would never do it. They find themselves right back in the same position, and they don't know what hit them. And, uh, and I think I think that's the thing that people don't understand because they'll look at it from the outside and say, "Well, that's stupid." Yeah. Why did they do that? Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember when I when I was uh, gambling, and, and people had told me, uh, "Well, why don't you just stop?" You know, like, <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's not as easy as you think. And uh, right. you know, even though you know, I, I've had some time, I still struggle with it at, at times. Um, you know, I've even said if uh, you know if somebody was to put a large suitcase of, of cash into my trunk, I don't know if I could do the right thing. I really don't. Right. And uh, it's be, uh, because money can be a drug for me. 
uh, I am not allowed to carry cash. I, I carry very minimal cash. Uh, I am trusted by my wife to to do some things now that I couldn't do years ago. But uh, you know, my my own money is is deposited into my wife's account. I do not have access to my to my own assets. And mm-hmm. the reason uh, that that I did that because I was instructed uh, in therapy that that would be something that might save my life. And uh, I followed those instructions, and uh, and I and I found that those kind of things have have helped me. Uh, I, I do have to humble myself and ask for money sometimes, which I don't like, right. you know, quite frankly. Uh, but uh, but I know that I'm saving myself from myself, and uh, you know, it's really not that big a deal. Uh, yeah, but it's just, it's like one of those things that you you found that you have to do, and I think people who don't have a problem or don't yet recognize that they have a problem would would have a hard time understanding that. Exactly. Because powerlessness is difficult. Well, you used the word hum, hum, you had to humble yourself. Yeah. And it seems to me that that's a pretty when big, you're, when you're big piece in, of this. When you're in the grips of the of the disease and, and everything's all you can think about is, you know what, maybe all I need is one more big score and then I'll even the playing field and then everything will be right and then I'll lay low. And you have, you know, and you sell yourself this, this thing, and, you know, if I was only more disciplined, and I used to go through this all the time, you know, and I'm, all right, you know, I'm going to stick to this plan, and I would, you know, I would spend hours, you know, writing stuff out and planning, and, you know, and, but I could never stick to it, could hmm. never stick to it. And uh, and what did you, what did you tell yourself then? I mean, when you found yourself not sticking to it, w- would you well, justify it, or what would you do? Well, you just feel really crappy. <laughs> you, know? you just yeah. thought you were a schmuck or something, you, or what? Yeah, you know, there's there's nothing worse than uh, you know that that time that you you would have to pay off, and you didn't have the money, so either you would go you know put it on a credit card or, or those kind of things, and then that would take care of that short term. But then you knew that you would just wait until the uh, credit card was going to hit the mailbox, and you knew you were going to get a phone call. You know, and and then it was, and you're going to have the big fight, and here we go again, and you know, and that that happened, and uh, you know, it's it's really painful to to do that to somebody you love, mm-hmm. and but at the time, you know, you you didn't see it coming. You did, obviously, no. if you know, if you if you knew, you would have bet the other side. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, but uh, right, but you didn't, and yeah, it's, it's your only way out, and uh, and you know, you have to do what you have to do. Uh, when, once you've already stuck your neck out, and uh, so it's uh, that's that's where the pain comes in, and it's it's well we talked before about the money, the the money that you, that you lose is or win it's 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 the relationships and and those kind of things that you really can trust, um, you know your family, your loved ones that you just cannot get that back uh, right away. You can get it back, but it takes it takes a long time. To rebuild that trust, and uh, sometimes you never fully get it back either. You know, and it sounded like there was like a some ego stuff involved in this. Like you're smarter than uh, you know you're you're going to be a big player in Vegas. You're going to you know once once you get over and you start making a whole bunch of money, that's you know. You know, I I would even say that uh, 
some of the gamblers that I've known are incredibly smart, talented, professional people. Um, but the, you know, they got this one thing <laughs> that they that they just can't. Uh, I don't know if it's a character defect or uh, or what exactly it is. I don't, you know, I don't know, you know, exactly how to pinpoint you know why some have it and some don't. Uh, for my for myself, I think that uh, you know. I did have an upbringing where, you know, my father kind of taught me the ropes to gambling uh, at a young age. Uh, I, I would go to Arlington Park and he staked me to fifty dollars real money and he put down the bets for me and said I could I could take anything that I win. And uh, you know what? I loved it and it was to me that was male bonding to my father. And you know, as as I grew a little bit older, uh, and I'm even talking as you know a, a twelve year old, uh, we would play roulette. We had a roulette wheel. Um, at your house? At my house, yeah, yeah. a miniature one. But, yeah. uh, you know, it still had a felt thing on it. And uh, mm -hmm. um, we actually, and... Uh, Some people would be playing Monopoly yeah. or Yahtzee. But you had yeah. a, yeah, okay, and so... I remember going to bed uh, several <laughs> times crying because my dad took all my money and, and he told my mother that, you know, hey, you know, he's got to learn a lesson. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, it was hopscotch for real scotch. And... Uh, <laughs> And you know, my dad got me my first bookie, and uh, and we used to do a lot of gambling together. Mm -hmm. And uh, we would—that's what we would talk about. We would watch it. Uh, we would think about what our next plays were going to be. And so, I had that kind of—you uh, know—that was what a man was. A man. You had gambled, it. Yeah. You had it built in. You, you drank, and uh, my, my dad uh, used to have a. Uh, an expression, uh, you know, it's uh, fast women and slow horses, and then he would always say, or is that slow horses and fast women? So, or did I say that right? <laughs> I don't know, but I get the point. I get the drift. Yeah. You know what I think we'll do is because we're, we're just going to naturally moving into this is like let's let's take a let's take a little break now, um, and I want to just do a couple little a uh, couple little thank yous to a few of our. Uh, uh, of our sponsors, and then uh, and then we'll come back and and sort of maybe we can put together your your story a little bit, and then move into what recovery is about and how that's how that's working, and that'll that'll be that'll be kind of the sort of our second half. Sure, does that work for you? Um, and then we've got some questions. Do we have? Uh, yeah, I, I've got I've got some tunes here. If you want to, you know, if you want to take a minute or two to. Yeah. Yeah, a let's do musical break here. Yeah, let's do it. All right. What do you got for us? We got uh we got we got a, a little double take here. If you're okay. Interested. All right. I think we'll uh they're they're cover of Billy Jean. Okay, let's uh, do it. Right. Let her play. We could all come along. <laughs> Thank you. 
Thank you, Double Take. Actually, that um, that's a good segue because I want to uh, remind people that uh, Double Take is one of our favorite bands, and you can go to DoubleTakeChicago.com. Or Chicago, if you prefer. Chicago. Chicago. Uh, to see when their upcoming gigs are, and uh, we haven't been to visit them in a while, but they're a fun band. Um, so... DoubleTakeChicago.com, see what they're up to. And uh, then uh, we have some friends at uh, a little company called Dirty Laundry Designs, Fresh Cards for Addiction and Recovery. And uh, that's DirtyLaundryDesigns.com. Colleen does um, cards for recovery events, uh, anniversaries, um, great, great little cards, designs, uh, bookmarks, all kinds of things. So, um yeah, so check them out. Dirtylaundrydesigns.com and one last uh one last sponsor, uh Franz Chiropractic. That's Dr. Tom Franz. Yeah. Yeah. And uh you can reach Tom uh by calling 815-444-9466. That's 815-444-9466. Franz Chiropractic. Dr. Tom Franz. Thanks, you guys. Um, and I think we'll get back to talking to John um, and maybe pick up. I guess what I, I guess, I guess what I'd like to do is pick up where, where a little bit where we left off with, um, you know, you were talking about how kind of how you got into it, and you're talking about your, you know, your, your dad was sort of showed you the way. Mm-hmm. Um, Whatever you know, just out of curiosity, what what did your dad ever? Did your dad have a gambling problem, or what? I mean, I know it's hard to say whether somebody else did. Did he? I guess I should say, did he ever recognize himself as having a problem, or? Oh uh, no, no, my dad did not recognize that he had a problem, uh, and you know, uh, he probably uh, left uh, this world, uh, you know, with a problem. You know, I mean, he, he did not ever surrender to uh, his demons, and uh, he also uh, drank too much and those kind of things as well. Mm-hmm. So okay. it was kind of a double whammy for him. Yeah. Yeah. Was it a double whammy for you? Uh, it was a double whammy for me. Uh, you know, it, at first, uh, you know, the drinking is, is what, what brought me into to the thing. And uh, uh, I, I had gotten a DUI and... and had a, a lot of trouble uh, with alcohol previous to that, and uh, I, I did lose my parents uh, at an earlier age of their yeah. life, and uh, uh, I, I dove into the bottle pretty bad at that point uh, to drown out the pain. And all that time, I, I had been gambling as well, mm-hmm. and so when I when I got into a recovery program. For alcohol, I continued to gamble, mm-hmm. and I almost even accelerated my gambling because mm. I needed to fill that void of, boy, now mm. you know, what am I going to do? And uh, what was your what was your thinking on that? I mean, did it it didn't occur to you that gambling was an issue? You you quit drinking, so you're sober. No, I did not uh, occur to me that gambling was any kind of a problem, even though uh, there had been 
some problems, you know, with my wife on, you know, where did this money go and those kind of things and how do you explain this? And uh, uh, I always, you know, kind of shot the angles on that and uh, and was able to, you know, get her to not really, you know, dwell on that or, or forget about it short term. Um, you just just use your your natural charm. Uh, well. You know, we we have natural charm. Uh, we we lie, cheat, and steal, and we blame. Right. And uh, that's that's kind of what I did more so. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the the people that live with us are uh, actually victims of this uh, disease as well, because they end up living a, a way of life that maybe they wouldn't normally live on a on a regular basis. But uh, because they love us, they they get stuck into this uh, thing as well. And when you blame when you blame them. They think they're crazy, and and that sets off a whole chain of. Oh, and you know, I I wouldn't even have to do this if you just did this or those kind of things. Right. Like that. Right. You know, there, there's plenty of that going on, and and it's it's you know you you end up really kind of abusing the the person that you live with, uh, you know, mentally. Right. Because you know, they they have to live in this chaos, and then. You're telling them that it's their fault, and you know, after a while, maybe they even believe part of that. You know, uh, but it's 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 a difficult difficult lifestyle for for both sides, and it 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 comes very natural because you know you got to do something, mm-hmm. and uh, you never just say, "Oh, you're right, I, I was wrong," and I'm gonna boy, just I'm just gonna shape up my stuff. act and yeah. be a good boy scout from here on. Yeah. yeah, I guess that that's not the that's not the path. So you so. So you you so you got sober. You did your you did whatever you did with uh, with alcohol. You got sober and you're yeah. I got sober and then uh, I they do something in a twelve step program called a four step. And in that four step, I did nothing uh, was ever mentioned that I had any kind of gambling problem because at that time I did not have any consequences. I was uh, after my father had passed away. I I was actively sports gambling and uh for some reason uh, and i even just thought it was a divine uh intervention from my father uh that you know um, bets from heaven if you will <laughs> and uh i i was on a roll winning that i just thought was unbelievable i was hitting three team parlays on uh, last minute hail marys and, and things like that and I, tell me you gotta t- say what those things are uh a three team parlay is when you you actually bet uh three football teams at, at one time and they're all contingent on, on each other mm. for payoff and, and because of that you got to get all three to win you got to get all three and you were win. winning those and i was hitting those and uh, and everything else and those are big those are big oh, money yeah, bets yeah, yeah big big payout and uh like you said you talked about that ego and uh, i i just thought it was you know divine intervention and my dad was you know sending the stuff down from heaven <laughs> and that I couldn't lose, you know, maybe I'll quit my job and become a professional gambler. And, uh, you know, I lived that uh, illusion for a while. And uh, at the time, I thought, boy, I should have gotten sober a long time ago because it's really improved my, uh, <laughs> my gambling. You know? So not drinking, you were thinking that not drinking was improving your gambling exactly. and you were you were channeling your dad's yes. gambling wisdom. I really, uh, and I sincerely believe that. Uh, that and we were true. winning. Yeah. So... And, uh, boy, I should have done this a long time ago. And uh, then we had the correction. You know, mm-hmm. nothing lasts forever. And then I, I, I wanted to get back and get some of that money that I'd uh, put back in the coffers. And 
that started causing uh, trouble with my wife, and uh, as naturally as it would. And uh, this is the first of the consequences for gambling. Yes, where it really started to get yeah. deep. And uh, but after hitting such a successful patch, if you will, uh, I wanted to get back to that, and uh, was was aggressively gambling and, and getting myself into deeper holes. Mm-hmm. And each time swearing off that it would never happen again until I found myself in that same hole again. It's very, in a way, it's very similar to the alcohol issue with the euphoric recall. It's never the same as the, it's yeah. never, you can never get yeah. back to that first, that first beautiful drink, yeah, drunk, when, when it whatever was fun, it was, when it was fun. Yeah. And there you could, and then you, but you chased it. You, you just continue to chase it. It sounds the same. And then it doesn't work. Yeah, and then it doesn't work. Right. Yeah. And, uh, so you were chasing that. Uh, I chased that, and uh, uh, it was finally. Uh, then I used to go and I used to complain about it, and uh, to your to, a, your your recovery buddies, to recovery people, and, mm-hmm. uh, and you know what they told me is that uh, that my way wasn't working, and that I had to go find people that understood this because they they couldn't help me either. So, I think you uh, said go find your pe- go yeah. find your people. Yeah, so I I ended up going uh, and engaging with a counselor as well, mm-hmm. and uh, and finding a twelve step recovery and uh, and you know and found people who who had done similar things and worse, you know, uh, mm. you know, forging uh, life insurance policies and you know winning the lottery and still going broke and uh, scrounging down on your hands and knees. Uh, looking for uh, you know for coins or tokens at uh, at the casinos and uh, and and on and on it goes and uh, and I, I really saw that that there's really no way out of this for me other than to go into recovery because I was just like these people and I saw that I had in common with them and uh, that it it does seem to be a progressive disease too and uh, that. Uh, did you see? Did you actually see it getting worse? I started worse? to see it at that point. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't see it as it was progressing. Yeah. Uh, but once once I started to get a, a little bit of taste of recovery, uh, it kind of puts you into a conflict, if you will. Hmm. Uh, uh, you, you know that there's a way out and a right way, uh, but you want to still keep feeding the addiction, and uh, sometimes the addiction still wins out. Mm-hmm. And, then comes back the guilt and remorse, and uh, th- those things are, are really hard to deal with and, uh, and, and very painful and uh, for yourself and for, for the people that uh, have to live with, with the consequences of your behavior. So, I mean, I don't know, I don't know whether or not you, you're comfortable answering this question. It's a little difficult, but some, from the time that you you started getting clean from the gambling issue. Uh, did you stay? Did you stay sober from alcohol? Yes, I did. Okay. I, I stayed sober, uh, but I, I I was told that uh, if I keep playing with fire, that uh, that you know, as they say, all bets could be off, <laughs> and uh, that I, I I could lose everything. Either. In other words, if you continue in your sobriety, you're sober from alcohol, but in, to but continue keep gambling, keep gambling I gonna, you're. I was going to end up being drunk and going back to gambling as well. Right. Because I'd already been gambling, you know, the next progression would be, well, I may as well get drunk. So is sobriety from gambling the same, or 
how do how do you measure sobriety from gambling? Does that mean? Well, and uh, you know, I don't think they really even call it sobriety. I think they they only call it uh, you know abstaining abstinence, and uh, uh, but they they follow a lot of the same spiritual uh, principles and and uh, you know turning your life and your will over to, to a higher power. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a uh, admitting that you're powerless over this thing and that you absolutely can't do it anymore. If you think you can still do it, well, guess what? You're still going to do it. Right. Uh, if you want to, but uh, when when you finally come to the conclusion that you know I can't do it anymore, uh, and then you start uh, you know believing that a higher power can return you to some form of uh, sanity, then you uh, you start to get better. And can that higher power be whatever you want it to be? I mean, is that yeah. religious or? Uh, it doesn't have to be religious. Uh, you know, it it's uh, just some a power greater than yourself. And that could be the group, or it could be the group. Uh, it could be uh, God. It, it could be what you choose to and feel comfortable at that at that particular time, and that could change through the the time that you're into uh, into a recovery. You know, and, uh, and things will, will has it change. Has it changed for you? Oh, it definitely has. And uh, you've been you know, you've been in in for a while. Yeah, you've been doing it for and, a while. And you know. What I, what I do uh, on an ongoing basis is uh, that I you know I just ask uh, from help each day that mm. uh, that I could abstain another day mm-hmm. from both uh, you know alcohol and gambling or anything that mm-hmm. actually uh, you know takes me away from uh, from what God's will for me is and uh, God's will for me isn't to isn't to hurt uh, people and myself and my family uh, it's it's to be useful and to, to be a productive part of uh, you know our community and help others, uh, uh, and you know that's that's where I, I try to. And I'm, I'm not always a saint at that, and, uh, and some days are harder than others. But uh, you know, just you know, saying those simple words uh, in the morning and then giving thanks uh, before I go to bed uh, uh, seem to have worked thus far for me on that kind of stuff. And uh, there's a whole lot of other stuff that goes along with it uh, in between. Uh, you know, th- this this thing can be. You know, one day at a time for sure. Mm-hmm. But in 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 relation to gambling, it sometimes needs to be one moment at a time. How? how one second at a time. Why? Why is that? Uh, I don't know what it is, but uh, there's just something about the gambling that is so alluring, and and it it gets in you that you know, you know maybe I, I fully haven't, you know, even you know gotten it out of my system. I don't know what it is, but you know. When the Kentucky Derby is on, I still think, "Wow, God, I would love to watch that." And you know, and I have watched it, uh, but uh, you know, you, you get into that that way of thinking again, and it's unhealthy. It's not yeah. really something that anybody would recommend for you. So, uh, do you avoid it now? Yeah, I, I do. Uh, you know, I, I. Do they bet on golf? Uh, not that I know. Of. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you never did. I never did. I, I just, I just I'm wondered. Sure somebody does. I, yeah, maybe they do. I, I just wanted to see what time the sun would rise. So. <laughs> <laughs> but a boom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So okay, so the, but the things that you're doing uh, can be for, ga- for as far as the urge to gamble is concerned can be something that you need to pay attention to a moment at, at a time. Oh yeah, there's definitely. Uh, you know, times that uh, just things come on you, and 
and you just you feel uncomfortable and uh, and you just feel like my God, I would like to do that and uh, you know uh, especially when when people are maybe even talking about point spreads or you know and and what what I try not to do is try to you know I'm still a fan of sports uh, and I and I can watch sports uh, but but I don't pick up the newspaper and and tease myself and look at the point what, spreads what the point yeah. spreads are yeah. Um, I don't, I used to sit there and talk to people and say, gosh, you know, if I was betting this game, I would have put it on this side or whatever. And I used to just play around with that. And I, and I, I what I didn't realize is I was, I was just manipulating and, and keeping it going, if you will. Yeah. Gambling in your head. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and keeping, keeping the fire stoked. And, uh, so that any time it could, uh, a strong wind comes up that it could, it could crop up again, you know. Kind of like the uh, like going to the bar and, uh, and drinking a diet coke. Yeah, with a with a lime in it. Yeah, <laughs> so you look like you're drinking. It, you know? But uh, and talking to people about whether or not they like their cocktails. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. How does that taste? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I you know I, I started to realize that and uh, you know just started to do a lot less of uh, that kind of stuff uh, because you know I I saw where it was taking me and. Uh, you know, it, it's actually enjoyable to be able to watch a sporting event and not care what, boy, you know, my team, all I care about is if my team wins. Mm-hmm. And uh, it doesn't have to be, a, in, in the old days, my team, it didn't matter if my team even won as long as I was on the right side of the point spread. And, you know, it's just, it's much more enjoyable today. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fact that I don't have to have that kind of stuff, uh, you know, going through my mind, uh do you feel um do you, do you have freedom in other ways as a result of not of no longer being an active gambler i mean do you have other personal oh yeah well, emotional uh, freedoms and you know it's very interesting uh that you know when you're actively drinking and gambling and that becomes your lifestyle and, and as I kind of talked to you before about what it means to be a man. And, um, you know, what, what I learned uh, along the way being a man is, is you know, being responsible. Hmm. And, uh, you know, that, that was different for me. And, and because of that, I, I thought my life would have be empty and have a void. Uh, and I didn't really know what, what kind of things would, would uh, come into my life. But eventually some things did, and uh, I actually became a, a pretty active in, in working out and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I I still uh, am very active uh, musically. I, uh, I I like to see concerts and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I that, those are my passions, and I, I still mm-hmm. enjoy those things fully. Uh, but it, but I, I I can't even imagine before having you know doing stuff like that, getting up at at four in the morning, and, and doing some of the stuff that I do to work out uh, as. Is something that would be one of the most important and fun things that I'm doing in my life. You're a runner, right? Yes. Yeah. So you get up at four o'clock in the morning and go running, and that that that's something. Is that part of? Would you say that's part of your program or part of your uh, recovery? I I don't know if I would say it's it's part of my uh, program, but it definitely uh, it definitely takes me on a spiritual plane. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and I, I have time to meditate, and uh, and I and I do it with other people in recovery. Mm-hmm. And, and we get to share that and, uh, and share that bond, and it's it's very enjoyable. And 
you know, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. You know, mm-hmm. it's compared to what my old life was, which I, when I was quitting, I thought my life would be empty and void, and now what am I going to do? Right. And uh, didn't no. turn out that way. No. How about family? Do you, are, how are things? How have things changed with your relationships there? Well, today my my wife trusts me, and uh, before she had good reason not to trust me. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know everything that came out of my mouth was a lie. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but today, yeah, you know I I can be trusted. Uh, you know I I still have those stops in place. Those financial stuff, so that I, you know, that I can't hurt myself. Um, so there's trust, but uh, we, we keep those things in place just to protect me from me, and uh, she feels better, and, and so do I. Um, you know, I, I'm not angry uh, when my when children, uh, you know, when when your team isn't winning, you know, you get angry and mm. you start swearing or or mm-hmm. you know when you know you're in deep. Uh, Keep uh, to do with uh, things, uh, and if somebody doesn't kick this extra point or this field goal, or, and they lose, you know, you're out of you're out yeah. a bunch of money. Or. Yeah, there's nothing more enjoyable than you know having Thanksgiving with uh, with your in-laws and uh, you know and keeping your eye on the Detroit game and mm. just going you know and wincing in pain <laughs> with every single uh, play, and they're like, what's wrong with this guy? You know? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you know things things are have changed because you're not you know you're not robbing your yourself and your family of, of time and attention uh, because you're applying it to things that really don't matter. I got you. I got you. Well, let me let me ask you this, and, and this will probably be about the, the last question we'll have time for, but if, um, if there's somebody out there that's listening that, that wonders if they have a gambling problem, or is questioning whether or not they have a gambling problem, what would you suggest they do? Based well, on your experience, what, what, what would be the what would be a good thing that they could do? You know, based on on my experience, if you think you're probably having a gambling problem, you probably do. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> the, the guy who doesn't have a problem probably isn't thinking that. That's just my, uh, right. my take on it. But uh, if you think you have a problem. Uh, obviously, the, there's plenty of counseling uh, out there. Um, you know, there's there's phone numbers uh, in the yellow pages. Uh, uh, Is there a particular kind of counselor or somebody that knows? Should they should they? Um, you you should actually uh, specify that uh, you know if they do recovery on gambling and that they have people that deal with that more often than others. And okay. They might want to especially, you might want to ask that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there is Gamblers Anonymous, and uh, and that's out there, and I think you can get all that, uh, you know, right out of the yellow pages. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and I know uh, that, uh, you know, the casinos and those kind of things have things posted. Uh, uh, if you think you have a gambling problem, contact the phone number. Yeah, and they have... Uh, yeah, they have on, they have on-site people and they have all kinds yeah. of yeah. Okay, well that's good. I mean that's good to know because I think that there's I'm sure that there's people out there that that have those kinds and of questions. If you think you're having a problem, what you should probably do is is ask the the person that's closest to you if they think you are <laughs> have a problem uh, because uh, they would probably be able to tell you more than anybody else because uh, to them it's probably clear. So. Yeah, you might, you, the person that has the problem might not be the 
best judge of that. Yeah, family yeah. members are. There is plenty of help out there, and uh, and there's hope. And uh, and a lot of times I think that people think that I couldn't get this. You know, maybe this guy could, this guy on the radio did, but I, I don't think I could ever do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my plea to you is is that you can, mm-hmm. and and it can work, and it, it worked for me, and it would certainly work for you. But it, it takes some work, and it takes getting honest with yourself, mm-hmm. and uh, and facing up that you got a problem. You know, if you don't yeah. if you don't admit that you have a problem and you want to change, uh, it's not going to change. So. Well, John, I appreciate the information. I appreciate your story and your sharing and the things that you uh, had to say. And I think that the audience will appreciate your story as well. So thanks for coming. Um, thanks to our listeners and our studio audience for making us a successful little underground support source for. The Recovering Community will email out our reminders for next week's show, and I'll put you on the email reminder list so I make sure that you get a reminder as well. Did you get one this week? Yes. I think I sent you one. Um, We always try to look at recovery from a wide and open perspective, so we're always looking for uh, the ways that other people look at it. Uh, Remember to check recoveryinternetradio.com for all the archived shows and to sign up for our email reminder list. Uh, remember, too, that we want to hear from you so that we know where our listeners are because we're an Internet radio show, so we don't know where our listeners are listening from. So we really would like to know. So please email us uh, or contact us through our website and let us know. And as always, live today, love yourself and your neighbor, and together we wrote the happy road to destiny. We hope you've enjoyed the show, and we'll see you at 8 p.m. next Sunday night. Thanks.